Good evening to everyone. Welcome to God's house this evening as we gather around his word, especially as we start to take a look at the question why, uh, especially as we're facing some of the natural disasters with the different hurricanes. We often wonder, is God in control? And he does not leave us without an answer, but he does give us his word for guidance. May we join together with our first hymn, May we, your precepts, Lord, fulfill. Let us please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear friends, let us approach God with our true heart and confess our sins, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. Lord of life, I confess. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins, name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the well-being of all people everywhere, that they may receive from you all they need to sustain body and life, Hear our prayer, O Lord. Lord For the spread of your life-giving gospel throughout the world, that all who are lost in sin may be brought to faith in you, hear our prayer, O Christ. Christ For patience and perseverance in this life, that we may not lose the hope of heaven as we await your return, hear our prayer, O Lord. Lord Lord of life, live in us that we may live for you. 
Please be seated for our hymn response. The Lord be with you. Almighty and everlasting God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and love. And all that we may obtain your, your promise, make us love what you command through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Before I get too far, there is a car out in the parking lot with its lights on, um, and I can't see the make of it. But if you're parked on this side of the parking lot, um, unless it left, it looks like it may have left now. So, sorry, just trying to help. <laughs> Getting back to God's word, um, reading from Exodus chapter 6, we see that Jesus, that God is the I am, the God of free and faithful love that he is eternal, that he is constantly with us. That 21 times in these seven verses we hear about that God. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as possession. I am the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with our psalm, Psalm 34.
Our gospel lesson for this evening is recorded in Matthew chapter 16, and we hear the confession of who Jesus is by the disciples and by Peter, and may we be ready to make the same confession. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with the singing of our next hymn. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this evening's meditation is recorded in Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11. It's the doxology, the closing verses of that chapter. Oh, that the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or, what has, or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, of all the questions, the questions of who, what, 
where and when and why, the most difficult question to answer is why. I mean, after all, the who, what, where, and when, that's, that's fairly easy. And a lot of times, there's just quick facts that are given to us, and we can answer those questions. I mean, you take a look at the two hurricanes. I mean, we know who's going to be affected. We know where they're taking place. We knew, or we know when Harvey hit. But the question, why? Why are these hurricanes happening? Is it because of those warm ocean currents? Is it just because of the way the wind is developing? But why, too, back to back? Or is God trying to wake up America? Trying to wake us up, trying to make us think again about following him, falling on our knees, going to him? I've heard that statement made, that it's, again, um, God's judgment on our country. Those who, what, where, and when, and why. Those questions, they are hard to answer at times when it comes to believing in God. To see that knowledge and that wisdom of God. To understand God. I mean, some of those we know. We know who was sent to be our Savior. We know when. We know where. But how often? How often do we wonder to God why? Why are things happening, God? Why? Aren't you in control anymore, God? Can't you stop the evil in this world? Can't, can't you protect us more, Lord? But Paul, in our text for this evening, gives us that glimmer of hope. It gives us that encouragement again about what's taking place taking place with that wisdom and knowledge of God. We may ask God why many times. When you take a look at scripture, you may wonder why. Why, God, did you um, tell the Israelites when they entered the promised land? Why did you want them to destroy all those nations? To kill all those innocent people? I mean, after all, what did they do, Lord? They were just living in this land. Why did you want them destroyed? Or maybe we ask, why? Why did Job have to suffer so much, God? What's wrong with you, God? Why all this fighting in the scripture? Can't we just all get along? Or maybe we ask that question even today. Why did my nephew, why did he come down with a brain tumor? Why am I unemployed, Lord? Why all the evil in this world? We may wonder those questions. We may wonder again, are you even a true God? Are you, are you listening to us? Are you really paying attention to what's taking place? Well, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? The wisdom and knowledge of God. Can we ever understand God? No. I mean, after all, aren't we even told in Isaiah, neither are my ways your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts, declares the Lord. I mean, how can we understand God? How can we understand his wisdom and his knowledge? I mean, who's been his counselor? Who's, who's given, tried to give advice to God? Can we understand all of his ways of why things take place in this world? I mean, it's interesting when you take a look at the animal world, isn't it? Dogs don't mind their dogginess. Sheeps don't mind their sheepiness. Humans we want answers, don't we? We demand of God an explanation. We demand from God, okay, God, why? Where's that love? Where's that loving God that we hear about? I thought you were supposed to be a loving God. Why all these natural disasters? What's taking place, Lord? 
we think that God is supposed to give us an answer. But how can we think of his wisdom? How can we think of his knowledge? I mean, maybe it's happened to you. Maybe a child has asked you in January, why is it so cold out? And how do you answer that? Do you give them this lengthy explanation? Well, the earth is tilted away from the sun right now. We're at the furthest point away from the sun in our orbit right now. And we give all the scientific answer to that child. Expecting that child to, to understand the seasons, to understand uh, the earth's orbit revolving around the sun. No, don't we usually just say, God made it that way, or it's January, it's supposed to be cold out at this time. And that's all. And what usually what they do, okay, and just accept it. Maybe it's time for us that how can we understand God? How can we understand his wisdom and his knowledge? And if you ever take a look at the book of Job, you think of his suffering. You know, Job always wanted to have this courtroom scene of God. He always, you know, wanted to know what, why did you take my children? Why did you take all my animals? Why did you take everything away from me? Even three of his friends came and said, Job, you must have done something really terrible because God is punishing you for something. They even misunderstood what God was taking place. But when you take a look at the closing chapters of Job, there's about 150 questions that God asked Job. Where were you? Where were you when the universe was made? Where are you, Job? When do you know when the mountain goats have their young? Were you there, Job, to, to measure out and bring the oceans in line? It's just one question after another. And Job realizes again, even though God never answers why, he realizes again that God is in control, that God is taking care of him, wisdom and knowledge of God. You know, it's, it's unsearchable, isn't it? How can we understand that, that mind of God? Or, I like this part of 35, who's ever given to God that God should repay them? I mean, have we ever given anything to God that he should give us something back? I mean, really, when you think about it, when you take a look at even Romans, where we're told, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, all of us are sinners. God had every right to destroy this world, has every right to destroy us, because we're not following his word. We're not doing what he commands us to do. But what is he doing in his wisdom and knowledge? I'll give you a savior. I'll send my only begotten son. I'll give my child for your life. I'll send him the cross for you. You don't have to worry about going. Think of that. That doesn't even make sense. Yet God does it. God does that, doesn't he? How often don't we ask for God for something and we wonder again, are, are you listening? Are you really, again, going to repay me? What did I do wrong? I'd like to share with you a poem that was written by a Confederate soldier. And starts to realize again that, yeah, maybe God is in control, but listen to what he wrote. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I kind of like that one. I'm going to read that one again. I asked for all things I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among men most richly blessed. How often do we forget about that? God's wisdom and his knowledge. That unsearchable wisdom that he gives us. Because Paul reminds us one more thing. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. 
all things are from him and for him. God is in control of all things, isn't he? I mean, the sun wouldn't shine if God didn't let it. This earth wouldn't evolve around the sun if, again, that God wouldn't let it. Even, I guess when you think about it, even the evil in this world, cancer, AIDS, whatever it may be, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for God. Even Satan, who rebelled against him, God is more powerful than Satan. And we have that comfort in knowing again that, that God is there for us. Maybe it can be compared to if you were a king or a queen of a country and all of a sudden you had this train in your country that was out of control. But there was a way that you could throw the switches and keep it in control. Because after all, uncontrolled, it was going to smash into this beautiful, the finest building that you had in your country but you can control it so that it's going to crash into this building. You were going to tear down anyway. Isn't that what God does almost at this time in this world when natural disasters come? When there's evil in this world, we may wonder where he is. No, all things are for him and from him. May we give that that glory to God. Because again, when you take a look at Scripture, never... Never do we find a passage that we have to understand God. Never do we hear that. But we are told to trust in him, to believe in him. When you start to take a look at it, I kind of think about that Confederate soldier, what he wrote. I kind of think of all that God gives us. Truly. We have to fall on our knees and give him that glory. His wisdom and his knowledge goes beyond all understanding. May we trust in him. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God surpass all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let us join together in confessing our faith with the whole Christian church on earth with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God. As we return our first fruits, our Lord has given us all things. The guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign that and record your visit with us this evening.
Let us please rise for our prayers. And in our prayers, may we remember Megan Isaacson and Jeff Kai, who will be united in marriage tomorrow afternoon. And also for our brothers and sisters of our faith and for all citizens of Florida and Southeast United States as they brace for the new hurricane which is coming their way. We bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with Megan and Jeff as they make their vows before you tomorrow evening. Be with them always. May you be the invited guest at all their meals. May you continue to watch over them and strengthen their marriage. May you always be the center of their life. And be with us all as we remember the spouses that you have given us, that gift, that special gift that you have led to us. Strengthen our marriages as we walk in this world. And Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with all the victims that the pathway of the new hurricane. Guide them that they may find safety. May your protecting hand be around them to protect not only their possessions, but also their lives. May we always remember that you are in control of all things, that so often we may ask why, but we know again that promise and that wisdom and knowledge that you have, that all things work together for our good. Be with them and all of us. We ask this in our Savior's name. Amen. We prepare our, height, our hearts for the Lord's Supper. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly good and right that we should at all times and all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who has called us to be his own so that we may live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Blessed are you, O Lord of heaven and earth. We praise and thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. And we remember the great acts of love through which he has ransomed us from sin, death, and the devil's power. By his incarnation, he became one with us. By his perfect life, he fulfilled your holy will. By his innocent death, he overcame hell. By his rising from the grave, he opened heaven. Invited by your grace and instructed by your word, we approach your table with repentant and joyful hearts. Strengthen us through Christ's body and blood and preserve us in the true faith until we feast with him and all his ransomed people in glory everlasting. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the night that he was betrayed, took bread. 
Given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this, remembrance me. They took the cup, gave thanks. Gave to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. All things being prepared, you'll be ushered up to the Lord's Supper in the center aisles. You'll receive the elements and dispose of the cups and the baskets as you return to your chairs on the side aisle.
Let us please rise as we continue with our praise for our Heavenly Father, the Song of Simeon. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet that you have given us to eat and to drink in this sacrament. Through this gift, you have fed our faith, nourished our hope, and strengthened our love. By your Spirit, help us to live as your holy people until that day when you will receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. Just a couple quick announcements. A reminder that a week from Sunday is our church picnic. Uh, We'll have the outdoor service at 9 a.m. You can bring your own lawn chair. We will have chairs out there also. Help us in our planning. There's a sign-up sheet on the counter. Also, there is a sign-up sheet there, too, for the Luther film on October 16th. Um, if you wish for us to order the tickets, or you can go online yourself. But if you want us to order the tickets, please uh, sign the sheet so that we can order those tickets very soon. Also, following the singer at last hymn, uh, there'll be a quick presentation uh, concerning about the congregational meeting on Sunday as we're seeking the permission of the congregation uh, to hire Cornerstone Ministries to help us in our stewardship drive for our uh, expanded facilities and ministries here at Living Water. Uh, we, so if you wish to stay, uh, we'll be a quick explanation about that ministries. We'll conclude our service the singing of our last hymn. 